Dr. C here. Before we begin, I'd like to make sure that you're aware that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is a leading provider of online therapy, and they provide video, phone, or live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. It's affordable, and you can connect with your therapist within 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to our surviving narcissism listeners, they'll offer a 10% discount for your first month of professional therapy. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com, that's betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast. I know that many of you would find online therapy to be quite life-changing, and so go to betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast, and many thanks to the people at BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast. I'm Michelle, the Program Director, and I would like to start this episode with a quick introduction. For those of you not familiar with Surviving Narcissism, it is a product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. This week, Dr. C's topic is the Of Course Method of Responding to Narcissists, featuring Ross Rosenberg. Hey there, Team Healthy. I'm so glad to be with you once again today. And boy, do we have a good program here for you. Um, with me today is Ross Rosenberg. And Ross is in the Seattle area. Uh, is that correct, Ross? And um, uh, you're well, kind of. I, I live in Vancouver Island in Canada temporarily. Hopefully, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I, I've been up to that part of the country several times, and you know, whenever I go up there, it's like, please don't make me get on the airplane and leave. It's so beautiful up there. So yeah. good for you. You're you're the uh, the director of the Self Love Recovery Institute. Is that correct? Absolutely. T tell us a little bit about that and, and what it is that you're hoping to accomplish uh, in the work that you do with respect to that. Oh, absolutely. Well, I've been a psychotherapist for 35 years. And uh, before I even knew it, I was working with um, and specializing on codependency and narcissistic abuse. And over the time, I, um, just, um, I not only wrote a book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, um, that helps people understand why codependents fall over narcissists, but I also created a treatment program and treatment tools. And that in, um, pushed me to build a company that promoted the recovery from codependency, from narcissistic abuse, from gaslighting. And that company is called Self Love Recovery Institute. Okay. And that, and that company represents pretty much all of the contributions that I have on the subjects. Now, you, you actually have written extensively about the term that you simply call the self-love deficit disorder, yes. uh, which is, uh, it, it overlaps with understanding codependence and all of that. Can you talk with us about what, uh, what you refer to with self-love deficit disorder? Yep, or shortened SLDD. Um, as a recovering codependent, I always thought the word was stigmatizing um, unfair, unfair. It just did not describe anything other than all the bad traits that, that the codependent had. And it bothered me. Plus the, the, the term codependency was created in the seventies and actually doesn't mean what it, the words imply it means. So I 
um, about eight years ago, wanted to create a replacement term that represented the problem. And that is self-love deficit disorder, because at the core of every codependent is a very severe self-love deficiency. And if you can, or you or, or any practitioner can find a way to resolve that, neutralize that, you've essentially cured it. And so that's why um, I'm trying my best as one person to change the term and help people use a, a term that not only affirms who they are, but gives them hope for the future. Okay. Now you mentioned that the title of your book is the human magnet syndrome, which just kind of dovetails with what you're saying there. So you're saying that people that have the self-love deficit are those who are most uh, likely going to be pulled in by that charming narcissistic individual. Absolutely. How does that tend to work? So yeah, for the purpose of this podcast, we'll go with the term codependency because that's a term I believe you use. But um, codependents and narcissists are perfectly matched. If you think of a dancing couple, you have a leader and a follower. You, um, so the codependent as the giver, the sacrificer, and the narcissist as the needer and the taker, they naturally fit like puzzle pieces. Um, and they only know their, their own um, perspective on relationships. And because of that, there is a force, a unconscious psychological force that tells a person when they meet one another, which I call chemistry, that this feels right. Therefore, codependence and pathological narcissists always come together. And it's it's at the high 95% because the relationship simply would not work otherwise. So my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, which uh, I am starting to write the third edition of, to, um, explains why codependents who want to stop this habit, want to stop this self-destructive pattern, want to escape narcissistic abuse, fail because they are going against elements of their psyche that are deeply embedded, they're unconscious, that go, they go all the way back to their childhood, their, what we call attachment trauma. Mm -hmm. So the human magnetism pretty much explains why they come together and why it's so darn hard to escape that narcissistically abusive relationship, even with brilliant people like you who um, give them information that, that is life-changing. Yeah, you know, Ross, one of the most common questions I receive is, uh, do narcissists know they're narcissists? And, and you sort of answered some of the uh, that question when you said there's so many subconscious forces at work it's yeah. like, uh, do I know that I'm speaking English? It's like, well, yeah, it's what I've always done. And I don't even realize I'm speaking English until someone else shows up speaking French. Uh, oh, yeah, now that I, I see it. But uh, so much of what we have going on as we engage with each other is on that subconscious level. And, and that's why it's so important for people like yourself and myself to help educate individuals about what's going on and bring that subconscious up to the conscious level. Right. So, okay, let, let's talk can I, about it. Hey, Les, can I say something really quickly? Sure. Um, and, and, and this could be another podcast in the future, but it's not as easy as educating people to bring the unconscious to the conscious because the trauma that is responsible for one's codependency or uh, narcissism is disassociated. So you need a certain type of treatment technique to access okay. that part of the dissociated trauma. Um, and that is what I am trying to teach other practitioners and, and people through my book and YouTube 
that there's not a cure to this unless you know how to get into the invisible. Okay. The and so, well, why don't we uh, why don't we do a little sequence here? Uh, you um, mentioned I, it's it's like a dance. Now, talk to me first about um, what that dance is like from the narcissist angle, and then from that codependence angle, and then I want to hear what you have to say about the techniques to disentangle. Well, so, uh, what, what is that dance all about? What what's the narcissist like going into a relationship like this? Okay, to, to, to answer that question, we have to understand what chemistry is. Chemistry is the gut intuitive feeling that a relationship feels safe, right, someone's attractive, and that happens almost unconsciously, even though we think it's conscious. Healthy people feel safe and comfortable with other healthy people, and the human magnet syndrome talks about that. But if you are a person, an SLD, a codependent, and a narcissist, say narcissistic persona disorder, you've had a childhood that was severely traumatizing and a relationship template comes from that. And that template shows you consciously and unconsciously what feels safe. The codependent feels safe when they answer questions, they are passive, they are polite, they are kind, they are giving. The narcissist feels safe when someone is interested in them. Someone laughs at them, gives them attention. So um, the narcissist's conscious experience is, wow, she's beautiful. She's, uh, or he, uh, she's interesting. She, she's an angel. She listens to me. I can tell her about everything and she gets my pain. And it's this conscious feeling that even healthy people feel like, wow, I hit a jackpot. The codependent has that same feeling like, oh my gosh, he's he's handsome, he's bold, he's assertive, he's exciting. Neither go, wow, I found a narcissist. That's my opposite. <laughs> wow, I found a codependent. Right. So it is what they know and believe feels safe and familiar. And they don't even know it's coming exactly. from their childhood. So they just fall in love because it feels exciting. Well, in and, fact, uh, you, you take the words right out of my mouth. I tell folks all the time, in moments of crisis or decision, we tend to fall back on what's familiar. And paradoxically safe. It is paradoxically safe for the codependent to not talk, to give in, because they learn people don't leave them that way. Yeah. And, and absolutely. Yeah. So when you're treating people who are inside this syndrome, uh, what do you, as a therapist, what are you looking for? What do you notice? And what is it that you want to bring to the forefront? So what I did, and, and I, I won't address it because I, I would, it would need take, take up too much time. But what I did with my human magnets in the book is I very specifically defined codependency and then later self-love deficit disorder and, and whittled it down to a very basic definition. And, you know, we can't solve a problem if we don't understand it. And codependency, as you know, is like 10 pages of, of descriptions and everyone has a different opinion. Well, I created a treatment program called, uh, it's called the Self-Love Recovery Treatment Program. And, and there are 11 stages to it. And it all works um, to stage by stage to understand, help a person understand what is it that happened to them? Why do they feel hypnotically attracted to someone whom they can't escape? 
because my work, and it, and it upsets a lot of people, but not my community, it holds the codependent or the SLD, self-love deficient person, responsible because if you play the victim and, and you keep saying, I, they keep hurting me, there's no solution. My theories say we fall in love with them. We open the doors that invite them. We are afraid. Now, I never excuse abuse. But when you understand it is because of what is, for lack of better words, wrong with you, yourself. What I've been carrying on the inside. Right. That Because, you know, I've been married and divorced way too many times less. And I could blame all day the narcissist. So with that in mind, I created a treatment program that helps the codependent, the SLD, understand who they are, why they fall in love and stay in love and are afraid to leave, and helps them understand the abuse and the neglect they endured, and starts to overcome each part of the problem, including the part that very few therapists can get to, which is the unconscious or disassociated part. And I have my own technique, where I call the hitch method. And so those 11 stages move um, a person up towards every element of codependency to, so that is neutralized and healed. And there's not any more reason to not love yourself, to not care for yourself. And that okay. is what I call the cure. Okay. Uh, and so you're, you're pretty methodical then in the, in the way that you walk people through this and uh, well, you know, I'm methodical in the way that I uh, designed it. So if you read it, um, where you see my instructional videos, but I'm like, like you, or I'm just, I, everyone's different. I don't like have it's okay, not a cookie cutter approach. So I got the 11 stages, but you know, but well, I was looking at some of your material and one of the things you mentioned is so necessary in this uh, healing process is that you need to identify the tricks, manipulation and coercion. The narcissist will try out on you. Absolutely. Uh, now, Absolutely. So what are we looking at there? Yeah, so in my 11 stages, I have a stage which is called preparing for the narcissistic storm. And so if you're going to like leave a narcissist, the worst thing you can do is not know what they do to keep you in. Okay. And not know what you do to sabotage yourself. Okay. So knowledge I, is power, in other words. Knowledge is power, especially most of my work helps people understand what is not directly observable and visible. And so I teach them what I, um, to build what I call is predictive awareness. Okay. Before I even suggest someone break up, terminate, divorce a narcissist, they must know every inch of their own codependency and their partner's narcissism so that they can outmaneuver them. It's like a chess game. Okay. But they've always been overcome and overwhelmed because a narcissist has more power and control over them. So I developed a, a, a whole bunch of techniques and methods to help the SLD, the codependent, to not get caught into the traps that they learned as a child out of survival and, and then practiced in all their other relationships so that they can detach in a way. That okay, now that's, that's what you refer to as your of course Yes. That, okay. I, so I want to get to that in just a minute. Okay. Cause I want, I want to, okay. I want to park on some things you're saying there. You mentioned that we need to know what the narcissist manipulations are, but then you also say that you need to know what your own triggers are. 
and which is what you're referring to and how you normally react to a situation. So in other words, what you're saying is but before we can do anything, we've got to uh, have a, a sense of wisdom about, you know, who I am going into the equation and who I'm dealing with exactly. as I'm going there. And, and only then uh, are we going to be able to uh, make the adjustments that are going to be necessary. Exactly. And, and just one of many examples is the concept of codependency addiction. Um, as a, um, a 35 vet, a veteran of, uh, not veteran, but uh, being a therapist for 35 years and who I've been an addiction specialist, I've come to understand that codependents, if they break up, leave the, the narcissist, they, they go through a withdrawal um, syndrome. And it's the, the, the withdrawal syndrome is connected to pathological loneliness, which is this aching, bone aching pain, an existential disease that is so painful and so magnetizing, it almost always, like the heroin to the heroin addict, the alcohol to the alcoholic, it pulls them back. Not that I want to talk about that, but that is one of many um, ex, um, topics that are discussed because you can't just say, leave this nasty narcissist. He's such a, you know, a jerk and blah, blah, blah. And because um, you can leave them, but if you don't understand the forces that are inside of you, that'll pull you back, then you, you end up going back and you feel worse. So, so yes, I do try to create um, a foundation of understanding and techniques that enable a person to successfully terminate a relationship and feel better about it and not. Um, let me get particular here. What would you say are some of the things that that um, person who's being manipulated and pulled all the way in by the narcissist, what, what are some of the, the things on that narcissist side of the equation they need to be most aware of? In other words, some of the common manipulations, if you will. Right. You know, I, I, I have a YouTube video and, and I'm writing this in my book and I, and I won't remember it, but I have uh, 15, the uh, and I go to my YouTube channel, whoever's watching or listening. Okay, what, by the way, what's the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, Ross, uh, Ross Rosenberg. It's oh, <laughs> easy enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but in that YouTube video, um, I talk about that there are predictable reactions that narcissists will go through and predictable uh, maneuvers that they will employ to pull okay. you back. And they are predictable. And, and the more you know what they do and your susceptibility to it, the more you can build what I call it. Here's my primary um, um, defense strategy. It's called observe, don't absorb. Um, and you can remove yourself emotionally from the situation. Um, and it, I call it, I call it healthy temporary disassociation. Okay. You can in, remove your emotional connection to the situation and watch the narcissist and if you are not triggered by them or, or activated, which means you're absorbing it and getting mad and wanting to fight, you can make the right decisions. And this is based upon George Bernard Shaw's saying, don't wrestle with pigs, you'll get dirty. Besides, the pig likes it. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, I, I it's it's so funny hearing uh, a fellow therapist like yourself. I, I, I use the word delicate detachment. Yeah, uh, which is uh, like uh, very similar to what you uh, uh, the term you use. And, and uh, when you say, of course, 
and as I was reading through some of your materials on that, it's like, oh, this so captures the essence of this. One of the things that I think we have to have is a sense of what we call the radical acceptance. All right, this is yeah. what I'm dealing with here. Right. And, and you just capsulize that by saying, yeah, that's the of course method. So, of so course, it's a narcissist. That's what they do. Of course, it's a pig. That's what they do. On our website, survivingnarcissism.tv, we offer various courses. One of them is entitled, This is Me, Establishing Boundaries Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Inside each of my courses, I break it down into modules, and then each module consists of various lessons that have a video, written materials, and questions for personal reflection. And inside This Is Me, we talk about uh, defining who you want to be and then staying inside that definition. We discuss assertiveness skills, how to stay strong without being defensive. If you would be interested in, in enrolling in this course or any of the others that we have, go to our website, click the courses link, and you'll receive all the information for how you can enroll. I hope you would find them to be quite helpful. And now, back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. So, so let me explain it. So within the observe, don't absorb, uh, and I'd love to talk to you more about that on another day because that's okay. a whole topic where you are detached emotionally. You understand that when you get angry, um, you lose power and that the, the narcissist pig pulls you into his wrestling ring where you, you will lose. So you begin by mastering that technique that you can stay out of the wrestling ring and watch the narcissist. And by watching him, you can see everything that he used to do that would get you going, like uh, induced conversation, I have videos on that, trigger you to answer a question, uh, manipulate you to be afraid, you can watch him. So the of course method is basically this detached, semi disassociated observation of the narcissist trying to manipulate you, knowing this is the observe don't absorb technique, that if he can get you mad or upset, you lose. We're, you okay. Fight. In other words, as soon as I get you arguing with me, I've already won. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Because the pig is the pig is the expert wrestler. You know. You yeah. Know, if someone is a, a wrestler and they want to wrestle, I say, how about let's 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 compete on writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> so so of course the of course method is built upon the knowledge that you have to neutralize what's happening, um, and and the more you can predict it. This is the chess game, yes. predictive awareness. The more you know what they're going to do, which is why people like you and me and other therapists can help illustrate patterns um, or the narcissist techniques of how they manipulate you and get you to fight. You know, they're go ahead, go ahead. And so the more you see it and the more you recognize it, the more, and you're in this observing mode, the more you can go, of course. Right. So essentially the of course method is the affirmation of what you can never see that always triggered and manipulated you into fighting. It's a reminder of your strength. It's an affirmation of your progress. And it is a connection to your observing mode. So where you have all the strength, because as you observe and don't absorb, as you tell yourself, of course, he's trying to 
call me bald and that's my yeah. balding um, or whatever insecurity gets to you. That's what he does to get me mad. And if you can do that, you can actually, most people experience it as they laugh to themselves. Don't laugh outwardly. Staying out of the wrestling ring, staying out from the narcissist, devious, um, um, manipulative strategies, reminding yourself of your strength keeps you strong and enables you to walk away. And the of course method is a reminder. Right. Yeah, there, there are various uh, things that when people uh, come that would come to my office and talk about it, kind of uh, dead giveaway statements, they might say something like, I, I bet you we've had 100 arguments about this topic. Yeah. And my immediate reaction is, well, do you think 101 is going to be the one that gets through? Or, <laughs> or it might be, uh, you know, uh, every single time I say something to this person, they just invalidate me and I just, I can't stand it. I can't believe they keep doing that. And, and that like, is exactly absorbing. Well, and that's exactly you what that, you're talking you're about. Hurt, you're mad and they got you. They, they, exactly. As opposed absorbing. to, of course, look who I'm dealing with. And of course, as a reminder of your newfound strength, a good example, I went to a family reunion and I have narcissists in my family and they don't follow YouTube. So They'll never hear this. Ah, darn it. But, and I, I was so happy after five years of not seeing my family, which was a good thing for me. I was so happy to see them. And my son goes, dad, I don't get it. You know, all, and he was an adult. You know, why are you happy? I said, well, I, I don't like to be hurt by narcissists, but I still want a family. And I went there and I expected everyone to be themselves. Everyone. And, and every time they were themselves, I did my of course thing. Of course. Of course he cut me <laughs> off. Yeah, I, I mean, smiled. it's so liberating, isn't it? And it's so empowering. Yeah, because it didn't hurt me because I knew that was them. It wasn't me. And I could, because when I get triggered, I get mad. I I I call it false power syndrome. I want to fight. I want because you know I'm I, I'm not a passive, I'm not a codependent anymore, but when I was, I was not passive. And when I fight, that's when they get me. Yeah. So when you can say, of course, and see them as, for lack of better words, the broken one, and you as a strong one, you can imagine yourself outside of this wrestling ring. And that's where all your power is. Okay. Now, in order to get there, uh, I, I just did a, a webinar not that long ago about uh, a narcissist anger and, and your calm confidence. Uh, in order to get to the point where you can unhook like what you're talking about, you have to have that internal sense of strength and belief in yourself, self-love. Yes. Self and and, and uh, it, so that's something that that the codependent person or formerly codependent person is going to have to come to terms with. Do I really believe in my own dignity or my, my own sense of well-being? Or is that just some sort of theory that you know, guys like Rosenberg and Carter talk about, but does that really belong to me or not? So they have to really come to terms with that. And that that's a good problem to have to figure out how to come to terms with. Absolutely. That is why, and I, I, I reached, I reformulated my, my step, my, my 11 stages. That is why in my latest reformulation, there is one stage in this treatment program. It's all about gaslighting because every SLD, every codependent, um, not only was, were, were gaslighted as a child with their attachment trauma and they brought that their susceptibility to it to their adult relationships 
but their beliefs about themselves. Right. You know? I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, no one loves me, you know, you know, I'm dumb, I'm too tall, I'm too short. But if we can deprogram our gaslit um, clients and help them understand their true narrative, which might not actually be all that great, but at least it's true, they are going to be able to build upon themselves. So, and, and that is why I do that early on the treatment because without addressing, because, you know, as you know, gaslighting um, is done in such a way a person doesn't even know it. We, we address that, we help people understand who they really are, then they can fight for that. They can stand up for themselves and not sabotage themselves by a narrative that really is the thought that really isn't their own, but what someone wanted them to think so they can control them. Ross, I'll share with you a personal illustration. Uh, I was in my early and, and mid twenties when I was doing all my doctoral work and mm -hmm. I was probably 24 years old, something like that. And a, a professor in the, and when you're in your doctoral program, you only have like six or seven people in a class. So it was a small right. group discussion and he just made a very off, uh, offhand, uh, uh, just very common uh, comment that, you know, guys like him would make. He said, you know, whenever you have somebody that was going to, is going to come into your office, you need to make sure that you establish an, an atmosphere where they feel free to share who they are uh, yeah. and, and bring whatever it is that they uh, need to discuss with you. Well, he used that word free. And uh, I, I just, I wanted to stand up and shout and scream and say way to go because yeah. it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It was just one of those really large light bulb moments. Free. I don't know that I've really felt free myself to just be who I am because I'm always trying to figure out what's the agenda in front of me. And, you know, like you say, the gaslighting, well, if I say that, does it really matter? Or did I, did I have enough evidence to uh, make a case on that? And so what you're saying is in order to have this, of course, mindset, you first need to free yourself up to say, you know, it's, it really is okay to listen to your right. own self. And that is why, you know, and not that I'm a Freudian or anyone really is a Freudian anymore, but that is why it's so essential that um, our treatment, our counseling goes in a certain order that you have to understand that codependents, SLDs are who they are because of what happened to them at the earliest part of their life where they learned about their self-worth and their relationships. And that is profoundly controlling of any aspect of their adult relationships so that is why until they figure it out figure out and that is why what we call the psychodynamic approach is so important to understand what happened to you as a child and to sort that out because you can't change self-defeating um, negative statements if they were indoctrinated in you as a child and have followed you your whole life. You gotta go back and understand what happened, do what we call healing work, move forward so that we can do exactly what you just said. That's that's so good. And uh, you know, we're, we're down on time here today, Ross, and it goes so quickly. You, you're a, a, a treasure trove of information and ideas and all like that. And, and uh, I imagine that the people that have worked with you have benefited greatly. So I, I'm so pleased to have you here. and. 
Um, and you know, I want to commend people to your work on YouTube and your writings you. and all of that. So make sure that uh, those of you who are on Team Healthy here, make sure that you check out Ross's Ross Rosenberg on uh, YouTube. And uh, the the book again is entitled the human magnet syndrome human and magnet syndrome okay i've got a real problem with that title uh, ross and that is <laughs> we've got to come up with it first <laughs> that, that you know, is, i've got some envy going on there you, you yeah you have such a an eloquent way of saying things in a way that's so well, well, easily if a, if, if a narcissist is a um, is opposite you know they take and then the the codependent gives. Well, we have the positive polarity of a magnet and the negative polarity. Oh yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay. And boom. And yeah. and that is why codependents fall in love with narcissists. But we need to end. We not, we need okay. to end this podcast. So I'm going to not start another conversation. <laughs> well, we're just going to have to do some more, aren't we? I'd so love I'd love yeah, and Ross, again, thank you so much for the work that you do, and we're all on thank the team together. Yours. Uh, you and I were talking uh, before we went on uh, with our uh, thing. We're both, we consider ourselves fellow sojourners. Uh, I don't think any of us can, uh, can, can claim that we've got everything figured out. We're doing everything perfectly. What we can claim is we're on the journey. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I, I apologize. I meant to start the, this, uh, this, uh, this event by saying, I am a huge fan of your work. There are not many people who are pure clinicians that have a heart that are emotionally connected and actually are incredible teachers. So keep doing your good work. Also. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. It, you know, uh, you got to love what you do. Uh, okay. Let's uh, chase a little rabbit. People would ask me, uh, you know, Hey, Les, how do you sit there in your counseling office and listen to problems day after day and maintain your sanity? Of course, my first response is, well, who says I'm sane? Uh, <laughs> when, when people ask that question, and I know you understand what I'm saying, they, they don't quite understand what they're asking because I don't consider entering into another person's place of emotional duress to be problematic. Now, no, it's like, it's like we're doing something great. What an honor. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, a surgeon does not think of blood and guts. He's thinking about saving someone's life. What, and yes, of course. Of course. Uh, so, so that, that's where we're going to go with that. And uh, I, I hope that our little two word uh, uh, thought here is going to be something that triggers a lot more based on what you're saying. And uh, Ross, we're just going to have to pick up and do some more of this. Okay. Sounds All good right. to me. Hey, thanks so much for what you do and team healthy. Uh, thank you for being here with me. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next time that we we're able to get together. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We're so glad to have you on Team Healthy.